This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you take control via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that number is 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about here tonight. Uh, your calls are primary if you make them. Uh, but first we'll go to, or first rather, we will go to ProLiberate. Or excuse me, it's actually spelled Libertate, ProLiberate blog. William Gregg reporting uh, from, also uh, reporting on LewRockwell.com about a recent video that has hit YouTube. Been pretty popular because it's pretty shocking. Uh, the man and the Utah Highway Patrolman. Have you seen this one, Mark? No. I actually haven't taken the time to watch the entire video, but it's about nine minutes long. But I did watch uh, some of the relevant portions. And this is the case you might have heard of uh, with a young man who was stopped with his wife, uh, his pregnant wife, on the side of the road for, uh, I think it was allegedly a speeding violation. And the Utah Highway Patrolman managed to pull down the, uh, pull his taser on this man and attack him for asking questions. We'll let uh, Mr. Grigg explain the story. How would you react if you were waylaid by an armed and bellicose stranger who has the means to kill you and your family and the power to get away with the crime? Very few of us would react with the self-possession displayed by 28-year-old Jared Massey when his SUV was stopped by John Gardner of the uh, the Utah Highway Patrol last September 14th. Whether or not Massey was speeding through a construction zone, he was entirely within his rights to demand clarification of his supposed offense before affixing his signature to the traffic ticket. Ticket. Uh, in fact, there was not even a need for Massey's signature. Cops right. can write you a ticket. You don't have to sign them for them to want to take the money from you. Right. I, I, it doesn't matter at all. I don't know what the, the point in, uh, was in trying to get the signature from this man. Well, he wants compliance, Mark. That's the point. Right. I'm the cop here. Look, do what I say or I'm going to taser you. Now, had Gardner, uh, again, Gardner being the the police officer, had Gardner been interested in enforcing the law rather than asserting his authority, he would, so-called, he would simply have scrawled, refuses to sign on the citation in his no doubt puerile and illegible handwriting, uh, handed it to the motorist, and gone about his merry way in pursuit of fresh victims. But Gardner, most likely motivated by the resentments common to steers that wish they were bulls, just had to order Massey out of the car and place him under arrest for doing nothing that constitutes a crime. It is not a crime for a citizen to demand that a police officer justify a traffic stop. Yeah, I I mean, this is where... It's, it seems like some police have gotten out of control. They forget who pays their paychecks out there and who who it is they're trying to protect. I mean, they're they're supposed to be protecting all of us by handing out these pra- traffic tickets. And if the guy doesn't want to sign the traffic ticket, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's still you've still got your NCR copies, all fifteen of them or whatever there is for each ticket, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna have to pay. It doesn't matter whether he signs it or not. Well, Mr. Massey, who admitted to driving sixty eight in a what he apparently thought was a sixty five mile per hour zone, was reasonably cooperative and genuinely puzzled by Officer Gardner's claim that the driver had missed a signposting of forty mile-per-hour construction zone. Gardner assumed a hostile posture when Massey made his further cooperation contingent on being shown that he had violated the speed limit, which is to say that Gardner immediately sized up the motorist as an enemy combatant because Massey refused to behave as a cringing, docile serf. It's not a crime for a motorist to withhold his signature from a traffic ticket since the signature is unnecessary. 
Refusing to sign means you won't be charged with a misdemeanor if you don't show up in court. A UHP spokesperson has conceded that Officer Gardner's best option was to put the citation in the vehicle in a professional manner and leave it at that. And once again, Massey was making an entirely reasonable request. He simply wanted to be shown the speed limit sign that he had supposedly ignored. I thought he wanted to see the radar detector um, with the, you know... No, apparently he wanted to see the speed limit sign. So they were supposed to drive backwards on the road to to find it? I don't know. He had already agreed that uh, he'd gone 68... And he just wanted to see the proof that there was indeed a construction zone. Well, whatever the, uh, the whatever the case is, the, the officer probably wasn't obligated to show him the sign if he wanted to go find the probably sign. Probably not. He could go do just such a thing. But um, the officer didn't need to you know, go crazy about the guy not signing the ticket because there's no need for it. At this point, Gardner, uh, the officer Gardner, needly escal- needlessly escalated the, the encounter to one of the unalloyed to one of unalloyed violence, ordering Massey from the car and attempting to place him under arrest. Although the regulations of his professional tribe permit this, Gardner had no right or reason to do so, since the ticket had been written and the matter should have been turned over to a court. But Officer Gardner, like nearly everyone else in his line of work, believes that it's his job, or excuse me, that it is his job is not to protect the public, but to make it submit to the supposed authority of the state. Which is why, when Massey quite reasonably decided that he was no longer going to play the role in which Gardner had cast him, the UHP officer committed the crime of assault with a deadly weapon by shooting Massey with his taser. This was done while Massey was walking away from Gardner. His behavior was non-cooperative, but it was also non-threatening. The UHP's policy governing the use of a taser does not permit an officer to use it against someone who's merely non-cooperative. The subject must pose some kind of threat to himself, the officer, or innocent bystanders in order for a taser attack to be justified, as it should be. It makes sense. The problem here is that Gardner, a 14-year veteran of the Highway Patrol, not some newbie, was about to lose bladder control, an affliction common to gelding, so frightened he had become by Massey's non-threatening behavior. As the hero explained to a colleague a few minutes later, Massey was making me nervous as hell by his insistence on being treated as a reasonable adult rather than behaving like a timid child. The cop continued to boast, I was like, nah, we ain't playing this game. He boasted to the second officer by way of justifying the taser strike. Good, gloated the second tax-fed parasite. Good for you. Bear in mind here somebody, that it was... Somebody sounds like they might be biased in this article. <laughs> bear in mind here that it was Gardner who was playing a game by needlessly escalating an unpleasant situation. If he'd been genuinely concerned about his personal safety, why did he order Massey from the car rather than simply handing him the citation and walking away when there was no reason for, uh, for an arrest? Why commit an armed assault on a husband and father in front of his family and then threatening the wife with arrest for objecting to her husband's treatment? This was undisguised, needless aggression fueled by an adolescent need on Gardner's part to assert dominance over someone who wasn't part of his club, which is why his behavior received the immediate and unqualified approval of another member of that gang. We are incessantly hectored about the supposedly indispensable role played by the police in protecting us from the anarchic violence that would prevail in their absence. Yet every single day, thanks in no small measure to the advent of online video, we can see how police themselves have become the most dangerous predators we face. Through his literary creation, Screwtape, C.S. Lewis once warned, and I paraphrase, that one of the devil's most effective tricks is to rivet the public mind on the danger posed by a vice that is the exact opposite of the one currently in vogue, 
For example, where gluttony is ubiquitous, the devil tempts people uh, to condemn the vanity of those who strive to remain thin. In like manner, we're always and ever admonished about the evils of anarchy at a time when the state and its agents are, with ever-increasing brazenness, imposing unalloyed tyranny on our society. We're treated to pious homilies about the need for citizens to respect the law when those exercising government power are becoming entirely emancipated from any restraints on their discretionary use of lethal violence. We are instructed to ruminate on the manifold hypothetical outrages that could be committed in the name of anarchy, even as the very tangible atrocities committed by state agents continue to accumulate. In his valuable new book, A Nation of Sheep, retired federal judge Andrew Napolitano describes how our society, both the regime ruling us and far too many of the ruled, has succumbed to positivism, which is a legal perspective under which the law is whatever those in power say it is. Under positivism... Whoever or whatever controls the government, whether a majority or a minority, always rules and always gets its way. As Napolitano explains, positivism is perhaps the most primitive legal theory, having evolved only slightly from the sort of justification that could be offered for following the demands of a tribal chieftain or general-turned-dictator. Right. It's, it's the, the law because I say it's the law. Right. Well, in this case, it's the law because the government says so. The theory promotes well, fear. Rather I don't than know that this isn't. This doesn't sound like the government's law, as far as the this specific instance. Um, you don't have to sign a ticket. I, I've had cops just toss tickets in my window and walk away. That's true. Good so. point. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More on the police state. Your calls as well. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And you, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind, whether you have a uh, story of your own of -of out-of-control cops. Of course, you've got a a handful of corrupt cop stories to share with you tonight as well. Haven't done those in a little while. Of course, uh, tonight's the big night, hopefully, for Ron Paul as well. And uh, your comments on Anything Goes. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about this show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. In fact, I just sent out an update moments before the show started. This one about a little poll that we're doing. Uh, if you go to poll.freetalklive.com, you can vote in it. And basically what we want is your help in deciding which is the best picture to use in our upcoming 15-second uh, little promo video we have to make. See, we have to make this video. Our friend uh, Barry Cooper is putting together a new DVD. Never and, get busted. Right. And, Mark, we've managed to, I guess, wheel and deal to get him to include a 15-second Free Talk Live promo. I am a wheeler dealer. So is Barry, uh, quite honestly. So Right. Well, it's a good businessman. So uh, so it's not going to be called Never Get Busted. That's his current DVD. Never the Get Rated. The new one's going to be Never did Get say, Rated. Did I say Never Get Busted? Right. I'm sorry. So uh, so we're going to actually have a 15-second video clip on there about Free Talk Live, and so we need your help in deciding which one's the best. Go to poll.freetalklive.com if you'd like to uh, cast your vote and help us out with that. 
Speaking of Barry Cooper, he's going to be at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum, as well as Jim Lark from the Libertarian Party, or the former chairman of the Libertarian Party, Ethan Nadelman, who is the founder of the Drug Policy Alliance, and Peter Christ, who is one of the spokesmen and founders of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. All of those folks want to end the war on drugs, and they'll all be at the Liberty Forum. Well, where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And use the code 2008FTL if you want to save 10%. That's two zero zero eight FTL, all one word. So, I really have to recommend it. Uh, the Liberty it was, Forum. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last year. Yeah, we're going to be there uh, broadcasting live. Look forward to seeing you there. We're talking about a little article from uh, LootRockwell.com, William Grigg, describing a situation out of Utah where a Utah Highway Patrolman pulled someone over, pulled a couple over for speeding, and proceeded to write the ticket. And the gentleman did not want to sign it until he had seen evidence that he had indeed been speeding. He requested to be shown the construction zone sign that he had allegedly violated. It's, you know, the highway speed had supposedly gone down to 40 miles an hour. He thought it, he apparently didn't see it, and he just simply wanted to be pointed to where it actually was. I think that, um, I I think to some extent his request is unreasonable. I mean, for for him and the cop to, uh, you know, drive together and in tandem, turn around, go back to a quarter mile, half mile down the road, however far it was, maybe it's two or three, depending on how long it took the cop to catch him, go back and take a look at the sign. Yep, yep, that's a sign, sure enough. And then, uh, you know, for the signatures to the signature to take place. And the well, the cop doesn't have an obligation to do that, um, but he obviously doesn't. He obviously um, didn't have to shoot the man with a taser as right. a result. So did he arrest the man? I believe he was arrested. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, anyway, he was just asking for some sort of uh, clarification about the speed limit he supposedly was violating. The cop might have been able to tell him where it was. I don't know if he was specifically requesting that he be handheld towards it. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was looking for. But essentially, the the young man was saying, "Look, I'm not going to sign your ticket until I agree with it." So that's where it was. That's where it should have been left. And even according to the highway to, uh, patrol department themselves, they say the cop should have just put the ticket in the man's car and and ended that. However, he didn't. He demanded he exit the vehicle and then proceeded to uh, continue to make demands of him, putting him under arrest. As uh, the man turned to walk away from the cop, he whipped out his taser and tased him. Mm. And it was just, it's out of control. And William Griggs talking about how essentially what we've got here in this country is a situation involving positivism. And uh, as Judge Andrew Napolitano describes it, positivism is perhaps the most primitive legal theory, having evolved only slightly from the sort of justification that could be offered for following the demands of a tribal chieftain or general-turned-dictator. Essentially, positivism is a legal perspective in which the law is whatever those in, uh, whatever those in power say it is. Uh, so the theory promotes fear rather than respect. And the problem today in America... The greatest and gravest threat to personal freedom in this country is that the positivists are carrying the day. During the 14 years he's been a state trooper, meaning that he has been cared for at the expense of better people who make an honest living, Trooper John Gardner has been deeply marinated in positivism. While he's clearly too dim to expatiate the theoretical concepts, Gardner's behavior indicates that he has an instinctive understanding of positivism in practice. As someone clad in a state-issued costume, given a gun and a taser, and expansive discretion in using those implements of violence, Gardner clearly uh, clearly behaves... Excuse me, clearly believes he doesn't have to play any games with those who aren't part of his tribe. 
What the hell is wrong with you? exclaimed Massey as Gardner, his face contorted with primal rage, threatened him with a taser. The use, that's a useful question, but a better one is this. What the hell is wrong with the rest of us that we're willing to live under a system of the sort that rules us? Fine question indeed, and if you can answer that, 1-800-259-9231. Not that I think there's anyone out there that could possibly come to the defense of the police in this particular case, but if you can defend the cops, 800-259-9231. Well, it's not the cops that need defending, it's the cop. Well, it's cop after cop after cop. In this case, it's this one cop, um, but in many other cases, it's a lot of other cops in a lot of other departments across the country. And in many of these uh, instances, these cops are getting backed up by their departments. Many times. In this one case, the Department of Highway Patrol has sort of backed away and said, well, uh, he shouldn't have done that. But has he been punished yet? I'll see if I can dig that information up. I doubt it. I don't think they've actually backed away. They just gave what the policy is. Well, that's sort of backing away. It's yeah. not necessarily an explicit endorsement of the violence. 800-259-9231. Uh, so here's a couple quickies for you. Some corrupt cop stories from our friends over at StopTheDrugWar.org. In Atlanta, two Atlanta police officers were ordered Monday to report to prison to begin serving their sentences for their roles in the killing of 92-year-old Katherine Johnston in a drug raid gone bad a year ago this week. Mm. In that incident, the officers involved lied to a judge to obtain a search warrant for Johnston's home, shot, her, shot at her 39 times after she shot once at them as they broke her door down. Remember, this old lady probably couldn't see or hear very well, and it was in the, you know, the dark of the evening when an armed gang of intruders was busting in her front door. If anyone can falter her for shooting at those people i'd like to hear from you so please do all, do your best to defend the cops in this i think the instance. only people that would uh, would would fault her for shooting are people that just don't believe that anyone should have should defend themselves ever yeah uh so she shot at them uh they broke her door down they then planted marijuana in her basement because she didn't have any drugs and they tried to get an informant to say that he had provided the information for the warrant. No drugs other than the planted marijuana were found at her home, which, by the way, they were there looking for cocaine dealer. Officers Jason Smith and Greg Jr. pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and other state charges and to federal allegations of conspiracy to violate a person's civil rights ending in death. They've been cooperating with federal authorities in an ongoing investigation into the incident and broader issues of misconduct in the Atlanta Narcotics Squad, because, as always, these incidents are always the tip of the iceberg. It's, there's usually a lot more going on behind the scenes that never ends up actually being revealed to the public. But now a federal judge has ordered them to report to prison by December 3rd. They've not yet been sentenced, but in their plea bargain agreements, the deal was that Smith would get no more than 12 years and Junior no more than 10, with possible sentence cuts depending on their degree of cooperation. Third officer involved in the incident also faces state charges. His trial expected to begin in April. Still on the way, New York City narcotics officer has been arrested and a Scranton police officer busted for selling hell, uh, hillbilly heroin, as it is called. 800-259-9231. It's not just the illegal drugs that they go for. It's the prescription ones as well. Wherever they can make a quick buck, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800 259 
9231-SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,450 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Today's businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who have failed to pay their bills. You may believe this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all customers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, two quick more stories, and we go right to the phone calls. So again, corrupt cop stories. There's new ones every single week. We don't read them every week just because we don't have, always have enough time. But uh, here's a couple more for you. New York City, an NYPD narcotics officer was arrested last Friday on charges he used inside knowledge to run drugs for a Bronx-based cocaine and heroin trafficking ring. Detective James Calderon, a 13-year veteran of the force. How many times do we see these stories when it's just long lifelong police officers that are getting in trouble it seems like it's more more often the the lifelong cops than it is the newbies yeah they're not catching them very quick by the looks of it uh he was arraigned on drug possession and conspiracy charges prosecutors allege that calderon smuggled a total of eight kilos of cocaine from new york city to virginia on two trips in 2004 and 2005 calderon went down after attempting to get an impounded minivan released from police custody nypd officers Refused to release the vehicle to Calderon, then searched it and found a kilo of heroin inside. In Scranton, Pennsylvania, a former Scranton police officer was sentenced Tuesday to OxyContin delivery charges. Then Scranton police officer Mark Conway was arrested in March after an informant told police he'd bought drugs from Conway on more than one occasion. He pleaded guilty in August and then resigned from the force. Now he'll do one month in prison on a 3-18 to month sentence and then will be placed on work release. That's pretty cool, man. You only get a month for selling OxyContin if you're a cop or a former cop? Yeah, because it's not going to happen if you're a... Uh, the average The average individual would have done significantly more time. Right. There's a guy down in Florida that was in jail for 25 years because he had the wrong prescriptions. Or he had the he did ha- he had prescription medications, but not the right bottle to put them in. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, and the they idea... Were, they were his prescription. Right. The, the idea that, uh, you know, you can do 25 years for just having the wrong prescription versus a month for selling prescription narcotics. Interesting. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything and we'll talk to Joe in Washington on the amp line. Hello, Joe. Hey, guys. Really appreciate your show. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was having a conversation with my dad last night and uh, he's not comfortable with the current, you know, health care situation. He's, we're not a very... We don't got a lot of money in my family, and he's always been a Republican. And I was trying to explain to him about the free market. Really didn't know exactly what to tell him as far as health insurance goes, and how that would be better. And I was hoping you guys could, you know, give me some input on what to uh, explain to him because I'm not educated as you guys are on that subject. Well, if if he's a conservative, uh, so-called, then he should certainly understand that the marketplace can do things a lot better than government can. I mean, he doesn't want government to control health care, right? Right, but, you know, being that we're in the situation we are, that, you know, the insurance companies kind of ducking and dodging him, and uh, no matter what the doctors say, they're always, you know, pushing it, saying, no, you don't actually need that. And uh, the system right now, it doesn't seem to be great or working at all, and I, I don't know exactly what to tell him as far as how I think the free market would help that. 
Well, as we touched on last night uh, during the, the program, we pointed out that over 50% of all health care dollars are spent by governments. So we, we do live in a mostly socialized health care system today. And so it's, the health care system is so bad because of that. And, of course, then there's all the regulations and the other things that cause all the problems and uh, cost shifting and just messing with the marketplace. So what we need to do is just get the government out of health care entirely and actually allow people to, uh, to compete in an open marketplace where they don't have to jump through the FDA's hoops in order to bring things to market, uh, where the government isn't you know, regulating these industries to death with all kinds of insane rules and paperwork. And I mean, the fact is many doctor's offices have to hire people just to fill out the government paperwork that's required to right. do business. And all that overhead of those people that they have to hire um, goes goes into your bill. Um, it, it, it No longer, as a doctor, can you just run an office and see people and uh, take, a, uh, take a payment from them, and, and that's just how it goes. Now you have to have all kinds of receptionists and uh, office staff to, to fill out the paperwork for these insurance companies and uh, the government, government, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, all that stuff, half the dollars um, in, uh, med- in the medical field come from the government. I think that uh, if people were to not uh, get as, you know, not rely so heavily on insurance, if people in general weren't to, to lie so, rely so heavily on insurance and just sort of had major medical coverage, and uh, then you'd see doctors competing more and uh, charging less uh, for patients. Well, speaking of medical coverage, you also have to remember there are a lot of laws out there, again, more regulations that in many cases require companies above a certain size to offer health insurance to their employees. Now, normally that health insurance isn't, as I understand it, is not able to be transferred from one from one job to the next. So a lot of these government mandates are requiring that people have health insurance uh, that they may or may not want. And then that sort of gets them stuck into a position of they have to keep the current job they have in order to keep the current health care plan that they have, even if they might want to move on with their lives and, and go and do something different. So, again, again, these government regulations and rules are putting people in uncomfortable situations that may not be optimal for them. And, you know, it's just example after example of how the government is, is uh, just strangling this industry which is an industry that we really need to set free from all these regulations so we can truly have a marketplace that is competitive and innovative and uh, constantly reducing costs instead of increasing them. Does that help? That helps a lot. All right. Hey, uh, what's your guys' views on uh, people lobbying government officials? I'm well, when you say people, what do you, what do you mean by people? Corporations, anyone who wanted a certain thing passed or something to not happen. The, well, the, the problem with our system is that uh, you know uh, industries can uh, go ahead they they can afford to hire some lobbyists to uh, make sure that oh I don't know the price of milk is fixed at a certain rate whereas those of us who buy milk we don't have the resources um, uh, you know and the organization to get a lobbyist in there that says there's no way that milk prices should be uh, regulated and so as a result what do we have we have a whole bunch of regulations that uh, benefit major corporations and don't benefit the consumer I think lobbyists are just a natural extension of a bad situation that we have today and the situation that's bad is the power uh, if the government were actually you know, adhering to the Constitution and doing things it's only allowed to do by the Constitution, it wouldn't be as big and powerful an organization as it is today. And if there weren't a lot of power to be uh, taken advantage of, there would be no point to lobbying. So the fact is, it's the power that's the problem. All of these companies... 
they can't really be blamed necessarily for trying to to you know twist that power into their favor, which is really all they're trying to do. So you take away the power, and then all those lobbyists will have to go home. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Do you feel like I'm uh, with you on that one, Mark? It sounds accurate to me. Uh, it's just the government is way, way – it just can control too much. It decides too much about our lives and too much about how we're, we're supposed to run our businesses. And that is what leads people to this unending tug of war over the state. Uh, it's always one interest group or one company or another group, industry group, versus another Pitting, they're pitting one another against each other, and uh, they're constantly trying to struggle to see who can control the reins of power. So eliminate the power, downsize D.C., as our buddy Jim Babka would put it, and I think most of those problems would be solved. Right. People talk about how awful the major corporations are and blah, blah, blah. You know, the major corporations wouldn't be awful if it wasn't for the fact that they got in charge of, uh, of the government. Um, Exxon wouldn't be a terrible company if... It wasn't for the fact that they have control of the government and, and uh, you know, managed to get us to spend all kinds of money for oil research, uh, energy research, um, to protect their interests over in the Middle East and that kind of thing. And I don't know that uh, Exxon's the worst of them. I, I, I don't even know. I'm just picking a, a gasoline company out of the air. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Of course, uh, Ron Paul going to be in a debate tonight. The YouTube debate should be interesting. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with what happens there. But here's an update we'll give you from Virginia about a loyalty oath that will be required to vote. We'll tell you about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and AMP Free Talk Live. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And you will learn about the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send in 3 bucks a month, and we take that money and turn it right back around into promoting the show and getting on more radio stations, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, AMP-only chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And how would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? You can check out this amazing doctor-recommended product by going to ftldiscount.com and read some testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. Our number is 800-259-9231. So I mentioned the Ron Paul campaign, uh, of course, stirring it up. Ron Paul continues to gain, uh, garner more and more press attention, which is a good thing, because uh, there wasn't very much being given to him um, just a matter of months ago. And then he continues to gain more and more popularity. The Ron Paul uh, money bomb happened a couple weeks back, where his supporters raised over $4 million in one 24-hour time period, which, of course, really helped him explode on the scene with a whole avalanche of news coverage. And really helped him uh, get taken seriously by many of these news organizations. He's been getting, I think he had a front-page article in the San Francisco Chronicle today. I mean, it's just been all over the place. Yeah. And the coverage has become a little bit more fair. It's still not really, you know, it's not like they they love Ron Paul. They still try to sideline him with phrases like, well, we know there's no chance he could win, but uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's they usually throw phrases like that. In right. 
And so, you know, despite what the news organizations might want to see and what the uh, the leaders of the Republicans and Democrats might want to see, Ron Paul continues to gain in popularity. So what they're trying to do is to sort of tweak the system as much as they possibly can in order to prevent Ron Paul supporters from coming out and actually voting for him when it counts because the the money that he's raising is good and it's important and it's going to help him advertise but the fact is people will need to go out on primary day and actually show up at the polls and pull the levers or check the boxes and do what they need to do to to get Ron Paul to win that primary because if they don't show up or if they're scared off for some reason then all of the effort is for naught so right I would say that the the primary is is more important than the general election when it comes to Ron Paul because he's going to have you know a more difficulty getting through the the Republican establishment than he would in beating uh, the Democrat who comes out against him Absolutely. So the system knows this, and those who are in positions of power are very frightened about Ron Paul. They realize there's not much they can do overtly necessarily to put a stop to his popularity, but they are trying to sort of tweak things behind the scenes. We'll go to Virginia for an update. Uh, This from The Corner at National Review Online. Before you go any farther, I just wanted to mention that Ron Paul has, uh, has generated this quarter, so we're... Two months through the quarter at this point, $9.6 million. Their goal is $12 million by the end of the quarter, mm-hmm. and it seems that at their current pace, even excluding the upcoming money, uh, money bomb, which is going to be happening on December 16th, excluding that, I think they will make the uh, the goal. Yeah, and not to, uh, not even to mention that many, many Ron Paul supporters are, you know, they're spending their own money on signs and all kinds of stuff, so this $9.6 million is isn't really reflective of how much money's gone into the uh, campaign this quarter. Right. It's hard to it's hard to really put a finger on it would be the to total amount of volunteer time and effort that has been put into these things. The people that the volunteers that are making their own campaign signs, uh, that are making their own window stickers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There it's no there's no way to quantify that. So, who knows? It could be, you know, it could be 50 million dollars worth of publicity. It could be. Well, here's a story from Virginia. According to the Washington Post, voters in Virginia's February 12th Republican presidential primary will have to sign an oath swearing loyalty to the eventual GOP ticket. But there's no way to enforce it because the voters' actions in a booth are secret. The State Board of Elections has approved a state Republican Party request that all who apply for a GOP primary ballot vow in writing to vote for the Republican presidential nominee next fall. That is sick. Are, are you kidding me? I register Republican, and um, you know, so I can vote in a primary. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter, you know, if you vote, if you register Independent. Who's running in the Independent primary? Who's running in the Libertarian primary? The answer is nobody. Well, for, uh, first of all, according to the article here, apparently Virginia doesn't have party registration. So that's that's what I'm reading here. Apparently, the state of Virginia, there are no Republicans, Democrats, party registration there. Well, but either way, if you want to uh, if you want to vote in if you want to vote in a primary, you have to vote in a Republican or Democrat primary. That's correct. And, and now you'll have to sign a pledge that says you will support the the eventual nominee. Uh, the right. actual pledge is, I, undersigned, pledge that I intend to support the nominee of the Republican Party for president. That is sick. Now, listen, here's the, here's the reason. There's no guarantee that, the, uh, the, that the, uh, the guy who's in the Republican race right now is going to be the nominee. Um, it's likely to be one of the people that are, that are in the race right now, but there's no guarantee. Somebody, you know, it, it could be 
the, the guy who's the uh, grand serpent of the uh, Ku Klux Klan could end up being the Republican nominee. If the delegates vote for him at their... Whatever or, it is, or if uh, I don't know people, how they pick their nominee, or if people all wrote him in, or or whatever, if, yeah. if he, he you know quickly showed up on the scene. So the purpose of the primary is to suggest who the nominee should be, right? Right. Doesn't actually decide it. Well, it it, it depends on the state, but yes. Well, now if you look at the if you look at the way this is written, it uh, it does say I intend to support. So they didn't write it so strictly that you couldn't get out of it. So again, I, the undersigned pledge, I intend to support the nominee of the Republican Party for president. Mm-hmm. But then again, most people aren't really wordsmiths. They're not really going to take a real close look at that and, and notice those sorts of things. I don't know if this is going to have the intended effect that they're trying to do, but my, I think what's being suggested here is that they're modifying this uh, sign-up process, or they're modifying the voting process to where you have to sign this pledge, which could really deter, I think they want to deter like the independents and the Democrats from coming over and voting for Ron Paul. Right. Uh, because obviously there are a lot of people that are very, very uncomfortable with the idea of sending uh, a voting for a Republican. I mean, we've heard from people like this. I, I, know, I know myself. I would not... I'd feel kind of icky about changing party registration to Republican. Why? I don't know. It's just because I don't like Republicans, and I don't like Democrats either. I'd feel icky about changing my uh, registration there. But many people are getting over that feeling. Uh, They're getting over the concern about, oh, I don't want to change my registration. Well, in Virginia, you can't. But but my point is, there's that mentality of, ew, you know, I don't want to be associated with these people. And so I think that what they're playing on here is people's reticence to sort of go out on a limb and say they will support whoever the nominee is. So that way, if you're an independent or a Democrat and you're looking at the uh, you're looking at this ballot or you're looking at this uh, this pledge and it says you intend to support the nominee of the Republican Party for president, there's no way that you could possibly support someone like a Giuliani or a Romney or anybody but Ron Paul. You've come there to vote for Ron Paul. You'd support Ron Paul if he were the eventual nominee, uh, but none of the other guys. And it and I think they want to scare people off by having them sort of glance at that statement and say. Whoa! There's no way I could sign this. I couldn't possibly agree with that statement. Right. Uh, the the Republican Party people are not at all interested. They're uh, you know everybody in the political process always says it's important to vote. They are not interested in the least, not in one little bit, with uh, people coming into their party and uh, crashing their little scene and changing the way things are done. Ron Paul represents. Uh, you know a, a what Republicans believe in, but for some reason or another, these, well, used to, uh, uh, yeah, well, with these neocons out there um, that have co-opted the uh, half of the Democratic plank in order to uh, you know make themselves more marketable, but uh, in the in the process just uh, you know uh, sold down the river the values of fiscal conservatives. They they don't want people involved. They do not want people voting in their primary. They want Republicans, what they call, what they decide are Republicans, mm-hmm. to pick who the nominee is. And that nominee would likely be McCain, Thompson, uh, Giuliani, or, or Romney. It would be one of them. I saw Romney uh, speak on Sunday night, by the way. And, Ew. Well, I went, I, it's New Hampshire. You're supposed to go around and watch these people. Did you go see Hillary when she was in town? Yeah, but it was to protest. Protest? What do you mean, protest? 
Well, there were people outside with signs, and it was uh, it was an activist event. Yeah, well, I don't go places with signs. Right. Um, I, I had a question. So how gross was it? I mean, how despicable? He was a really great speaker. <laughs> um, I, then again, so was Adolf Hitler, right? The uh, he, he was a fantastic public speaker. He said many of the things right. There was a few key words in there that really bothered me, um, you know, Islamic jihadists, um, you know, uh, he he set up he set up uh, uh, Massachusetts health care insurance program, and it's not socialized medicine. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Liar. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Just because it doesn't look exactly like North Korea's plan, doesn't mean it's not socialism. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. On the way, the top ten phobias. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. We go right into the phone calls to start things out. Talk to Charles in Michigan. Charles, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charles. Going once. Board up said he dropped. Charles is gone. Okay. 800-259-9231. So I said we were going to talk about the uh, top ten phobias. Wait, is this two top ten lists, Mark, or just one? It's two top ten lists, uh, back-to-back, uh, sort of related top ten lists. So what is this, exactly? Well, it's the top ten best and worst phobias. Is this good to have phobias? Well, I think it's... Um, I, if you're going to have a phobia, you want to have this kind of phobia? They call it uh, best uh, top ten best phobias to have, but really, it's just funny. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hit me. Number ten top best phobias to have... Um, so this is the tenth best, not the number one best. This is the tenth best. Yep. And okay. if you do speak Latin, uh, please don't write in to correct me. Eichmophobia, the fear of pointed objects. Anglophobia. You want to guess some of these? No. Fear, fear of well, anglophobia sounds pretty. The fear of angles. Uh, right. Right. Uh, England and its culture. You're even worse at this than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bogophobia, the fear of boogeymen. Hmm. Electrogenophobia. The fear of urinating during electrical storms. Wow. Who would have even thought of that? Is this for real? <laughs> yes. It, it appears to be. I mean, I'm sure they're just Latin <laughs> words stuck together, and okay. somebody's got to have this fear, right? Gotcha. There's six billion people on the planet. Somebody's con- concerned about using the bathroom during an electrical storm. <laughs> Socarophobia, the fear of parents-in-law. Ar- Arachibutiv... Robophobia is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh, this is silly. <laughs> well, it's just they're just putting words together. Francophobia. Hot dogs. Fear of the French. Oh, okay. Rabdophobia. You should have me guess because it's funny when I get it wrong. <laughs> Rabdophobia. The fear of being beaten with a stick. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this one is what you are. Political phobia. The fear or abnormal dislike of politicians. Is it abnormal to dislike politicians? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, it is number two. I think most people dislike politicians. Cauldrophobia. Fear this, of cauldrons? No, no. I'm afraid this is the fear of clowns, which is uh, rather popular these days. That's the number one fear? Number, the one, number one best one? fear phobia to have. 
You know what? I don't get the clown. I really just don't get the clown thing. I don't either. Mostly what clowns are, if you find them creepy or not, are just people that want to make kids laugh and yeah. smile and, and have a good time. Now, there's a chance. I mean, we talked uh, recently about how certain jobs attract sort of the, the pervs, like, uh, you know, priest, uh, cop that works with kids. Uh, what are some other jobs that attract kids? Teacher, Cub Scout, teacher, Cub Scout, Cub Scout leader. leader. You know, with a clown... Clowns don't normally get alone with kids. You know, they're they're out in a, t a big tent with a bunch of people around, making balloons and stuff, mm -hmm. and getting out of a car and doing, doing silly some things. Slapstick. Right. Uh, I don't really think clowns. Uh, there's any. I, I just don't understand what the fear is based on. It, it, what is so frightening to some people about clowns? Well, I can see that little kids being uh, upset about clowns. I mean, here you have they somebody, don't look normal. Right. Somebody who doesn't look normal. They're painted up funny. They got a weird weird hair. <laughs> But, I mean, there you're talking about two- and three-year-olds. I'm um, talking about the adult fear. Right. I'm talking about uh, teenagers who are still espousing a fear of clowns. No. Go go find something to be uh, concerned about. Develop a personality because the one you've got isn't working. I, I mean, have that many people really – I understand that Stephen King wrote a book called It, and that involved a, a clown-looking killer. Right. Right? Um, are there that many people that have just read that book and are that frightened of clowns as a result? Maybe they saw the movie and are, were frightened, which I've heard was a bad movie. Anyway, I mean, could that be it? Are there any other real examples in popular culture of any popular – Killer clowns. I guess John Wayne Gacy. He dressed up as a clown, right? Yeah. He went and did. He went and did uh, kids' parties dressed as a clown. But still, it seems a little irrational. I mean, what about the rest of the clowns out there? They're kind of getting a bad rap because there's a, just a handful of bad ones. Right. It, That's it, not fair. Not even a handful. Yeah, they're, they're just people that want to make kids happy. I mean, people should be afraid of cops. Not clowns. <laughs> well, um, I, I I would say that there's some evidence for what you're talking about. But like you'd said, if if somebody wants to be mean to kids or do bad things to kids, there's all kinds of jobs where they can get closer to kids, spend more time around kids. Oh, yeah. Besides clown. Absolutely agree. Anyway, top ten worst phobias to have. Okay. These are the ones you don't want. I, I guess. Uh, t number number 10. ten. Papaphobia. Fear of popcorn. <laughs> Fear of the Pope. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Xylophobia. Fear of wooden um, objects. Hmm. Okay. Helena um Helenologophobia. Helenologophobia. Don't know that one. The fear of scientific terms in Greek terminology. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this isn't Latin, maybe it's Greek. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? We're just talk show hosts. Right. <laughs> Prophyrophobia. Prophyrophobia. Yes. Uh don't know. The fear of the color purple. Now, I don't know if it's the movie or, in fact, the color purple. I'm not sure. I think that's a Let's joke. Let's just move that, on. That's a joke for you. There, okay. Buddy. Okay. Okay. Gymnophobia. Fear of the gym. <laughs> fear of nudity. What? <laughs> well, it's Greek words. I okay. Mean, they, they evolve over time. It's been 3,000 years. Gotcha. Okay. Ostraconophobia. Don't know it. The fear of shellfish, of course, because hmm. they're scary. I dated a girl one time who was scared of balloons. Blown up or deflated? Um, I, I believe Water the, filled? The, the, just, just the air inflated balloons. <laughs> because they might pop. Helium filled and, or just any balloon with something inside right, it? That's inflated with air. Right. Because it might pop, and make scare, a big noise. It's a scary noise. And, and, and scare you. It could catch you off guard. Yes. And scared of going over bridges. This was a great relationship, I must tell you, because I, I, uh, I, I have... I don't believe we have people calling about uh, this topic. No I, room I in my life. I thought this was bombed, bombed, <laughs> bombed. 
I thought this was going to be a lot better, but people are calling about this. I have no room in my life for people that are scared of nonsense, and uh, I, somehow or another, we managed to stick together for oh, about a year. Hmm. How many more do we have? Oh, do you want to go on? Okay. Yeah, we should finish this. Um, go to the phones. Stasophobia is the fear of walking. Yeah, you definitely don't want that one. Pantophobia. Uh, no, I have no idea. Fear of everything. Oh, okay. Uh, Venustrophobia. <laughs> Nobody has pantophobia. You wouldn't be able to get anything done. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning. You wouldn't be I'm, able to get in bed. I'm sure some, some people think that their significant other has pantophobia. Fear of the dark, fear of the light, fear of waking, fear of sleeping. That's absurd. Venustrophobia. Venustrophobia. Fear of sex. Fear of beautiful women. Close. I, I suppose if you're having sex with beautiful women, um, the <laughs> some people would, would take deep offense at that. <laughs> Eurotophobia. Eurotophobia? Yeah, Eurotophobia. No idea. This is closer to what you were saying. This is fear of the female genitalia. Hmm. That's the number one? That's number one. And number one, Eurotophobia. So, <laughs> so that was really more of the top ten phobias you don't want to have if you're a guy. I guess. It's just silly, silly yeah. thing. What was the source on that? Um, it's uh, c4vct.com. Okay, that means something. 800-259-9231. Whether you want to talk about phobias or whatever's on your mind, we go to the phones. So talk to George in Alberta. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, George. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind, sir? Well, you know, I'm thinking about these phobias, and while you guys were talking about it, I decided I'd go to the Internet and look up a list of phobias. Eh? All right. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking... You know, for every one of these phobias, there's a treatment thing. And to me, this is a lot like the pharmaceutical companies, you know. Are you afraid of talking to 9,000 people at one time? Well, you might have social anxiety disorder. Here's a drug for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we got phobias like, if you're afraid of balloons, you don't need a treatment. You need to have someone stand in front of you and go, stop it, and slap you in the head. <laughs> I mean, things like fear of wild animals, you should be applauded for. That way you don't become a headline in Canada, you know, uh, well, take a picture of me and the nice grizzly bear, hun. Right. Well, they look so cuddly, munch. You know, that's a good fear to have. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe you should enter into the marketplace, George, and offer your services as uh, an affordable alternative to psychotherapy or uh, some long-term, uh, essentially, drugging system. You could just go and go to someone's house and slap them across the face, maybe pop a few balloons in their presence, that sort of thing, and, uh, you know, get paid for one visit, and you'll never have to come back. Well, you know, some of that might work, eh? But, I mean, think, think about this concept. You go in to see a therapist because you've got a fear of long words. And that's an actual fear. And you know what the, the name is of the fear of long words? Do it's tell, the longest do tell. word in the dictionary. Hippopomonstrosesquidalophobia. <laughs> that's amazing, and thank you for the call, I mean, sir. Come on, 800... that's not irony. That's an inside joke, eh? Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. It ended up a little better than I thought it might be. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Archives available. If you've missed a moment of the show, no problem. They're right there on the front page of the website. You just go and download for free at freetalklive.com. And when you're done with that, go to zerotoys.com. You can wow and amaze your techie friends with the new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings 12 feet. They're the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. I was playing with the one that we have here in the studio today. It was a lot of fun. You sure were. Uh, it's good stuff. Good fun. Clean fun. 
800-259-9231. It's not smoke rings like that are going to stink your house up. It's no, they smoke don't rings stink. like a fog machine kind of smoke. Yeah, they have like a slight, slight odor to them. If you blow one directly into your face, like up your nose, you might smell a little something. But Yeah, it's not permanent. It's like a fog machine stuff. That's what the stuff is. Yeah. It totally goes away. Yeah, it's a little bit of science for your kid to play with. Yeah, absolutely. 800-259-9231. Uh, we continue with the phone calls here, and then we'll jump into an email maybe about immigration. First, we go to talk to Frank in Oregon. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Good. Frank, what's on your uh, mind? Hey, um, I called last last uh, weekend. I talked about Operation Live Free or Die and how I was thinking about it. I wasn't sure. Well, uh, I decided to go. Excellent. So I'm leaving on the 3rd of December, and I'm returning after the primary. Let's January recap 9th. real quick. Uh, the, I mean, that's exciting news, but many listeners may not know what you're referring to. What is Operation Live Free or Die? Uh, Operation Live Free or Die is a project started by a Google engineer to get a thousand people to move to New Hampshire before the primary so that they can campaign for Ron Paul. And a number of people have actually already made it here, apparently. If you uh, actually go to RidleyReport.com, Dave Ridley has been doing reports as people make it to New Hampshire. He's been introducing them, and so you can actually see this is real. These people are tangible, and uh, they're they're really amazing people that have... Many of them don't look like they're very wealthy. They look like they've uh, really sacrificed, I yeah. would say. They just uh, believe, they just want more than anything to get Ron Paul elected. To come here and uh, and work for the Ron Paul campaign. So you've decided that's what you're going to do, and you said you're leaving shortly? On the 3rd of December. Um, and for anybody who maybe hasn't been following, there there's two houses there now, officially. Um, there's one uh, in Bedford, which is near Manchester, and then there's one uh, near Portsmouth. And um, the one in Portsmouth uh, was run by a family. So it's not it's not just, you know, young kind of political types going, um, mm-hmm. people are, are moving their entire families. I mean, this this, wow. this family has two young kids with a baby, and um, they moved their whole life to New Hampshire um, to, to campaign for Ron Paul. So, now, people can um, go to seattleliberty.com if they want to learn more about this, right? Yeah, there's also um, operationlivefreeordie.org. Oh, um, which is the official website. Oh, great, um, great. There's a new form on there now, so if you are thinking about doing it, um, just post on there, and um, people will uh, get back to you. I'm not really sure how the selection works. Um, they will help out people who uh, might have some issues with financing. Um, they do have their own chip-in and things like that, so you can maybe you can't go to New Hampshire, but you can definitely help out the people that are there by, by donating a little bit of money. That's a fine so, uh, idea. Yeah, and I'm coming from uh, Oregon myself. I quit my job, moving wow. out of my apartment, selling most of my stuff. Well, hold on a second now. Wait a minute. Now, you're, you've quit your job. You're selling yeah. your stuff. I mean, that sounds like a permanent move. I mean, are you considering no, it, staying in New Hampshire? but because I have, I have a lot of things that I'm uh, putting away in storage, and I don't have quite the, the plan to move. But my I am a Free State Project member, and it is my uh, my goal eventually to move. So okay. we'll be doing that. Uh, shortly, and this was like a good way to kind of, you know, number one, help Ron Paul, number two, get to know the state, and number three, go to the Liberty Forum all at the same time. So. Yeah, you'll you'll certainly know uh, what New Hampshire's like by the time, uh, the, the winter <laughs> yeah. in New Hampshire is like by the time you're done with that. From, yeah, I'm uh, already buying some uh, thermal underwear so I can uh, withstand the cold. Well, I'm sure it's cold in Oregon as well, but... Uh, it's not, pretty cold, but definitely not, not like it is in New Hampshire. Yeah, so. invest in, in long underwear. Very I'm good, wearing so. mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent, and uh, congratulations on making that decision. That's uh, that's a pretty big deal, and look forward to seeing you in New Hampshire. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'll uh, keep everybody up to date. Very good. Good luck. 800-259-9231. How many people in the other campaigns, the Hillary Clintons, the Rudy Giuliani's, those other guys, how many of them can claim to have that level of dedication? Well, I'm sure that plenty of people move around for their candidates if they're getting paid by the campaign. That's what I'm talking about. This guy's a volunteer. Right. He's not getting paid anything. He's, he's not working with the he's campaign. He's quitting his job. He's uh, selling some of his stuff. He's putting the rest of his stuff in storage. He's moving to New Hampshire for over a month. Right. And what a wonderful excuse to come here and, and see New Hampshire and experience uh, some of the wonderful activism that's going on here as a part of the Free State Project. I mean, he is already a member of the Free State Project, though I'm sure a number of the members of Operation Live Free or Die are not. And uh, they're going to get a nice little introduction to some of the wonderful things that are happening here in New Hampshire. And I think that's another exciting aspect to all of this. Uh, you're welcome to comment on that or whatever you want at 800-259-9231. As we continue with the phone calls, uh, let's talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, guys. I just thought uh, y'all was talking about cl- clowns a while ago, and I was thinking about, you know, kind of at work, I try to keep some kind of a leader there, and I try to keep people... Mine going sometimes I do something a little silly but not dangerous and I guess I'm a clown too without makeup but you know that I wasn't afraid of clowns until I seen Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses Corpse and uh, Devil's Rejects have you guys seen that movie mm, no uh, no crazy clown I've seen a clip and it looked awful just looked awful <laughs> <laughs> did you like it. You have to realize, oh, are clowns scary or not? I mean, I never was scared of them until I seen those movies. Now I'm starting to wonder. Oh, come on, Jeremy. You're not 12 years old. And <laughs> a scary movie has uh, made you frightened of clowns? Well, it's okay to be, uh, you know, like uh, funny every now and then, right? Yep. Uh, did, did you? Uh, I, oh, I, I was seeing now. Now yeah. he's making a joke. You see, I was going to. My next question was Are you scared of uh, uh, hockey goalies? <laughs> because uh, you know Jason, yeah, Jason. The, yeah, the big machete and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's different. I thought <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects kind of crossed over all those borderlines. Has he looked- actually made a good movie, Ron uh, Rob Zombie? I have never seen any of his films, and they've all just been panned. I've never heard a good thing about anything that he's made. Uh, anyways, all right, the- that was a question. <laughs> Did you like those movies? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean... You watched them, didn't you? Man, it made me laugh, and then in another second, it made me go, oh, my God, how could someone do something like that, you know? And so I don't know whether I like them or not, because some parts of it I liked, and then others, it made me go, oh, my God, how could they imagine something like that? How many stars do you give it? How many stars out of five stars? Well, for being different, I'd have to give it a five. <laughs> you, you have to grade it overall as the overall experience. Yeah, for well, for being you know different, but as far as uh, would I take my kids to go see this? I'd give it a two. <laughs> Thanks for the one. call, Jeremy. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if you want to take your kids to go see a movie called House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> it just doesn't sound too kid-friendly to me. 
<laughs> oh my God, that sounds funny. I, you know, I think I was uh, 12 years old by the time I got to see my first rated R movie uh, really? in a theater, and that was Christine. My dad took me. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah the the car was sort of aliveish, and the radio would play sometimes and everything. I've yet to see Christine. I've heard it's a good one. Uh, you know, they did a really good job with it, I, I, I must say. I do enjoy a good... Uh, I think it's John Carpenter that directed it. I do enjoy a good John Carpenter you know, it's a Stephen King movie. More of the way, you can take control. This is your show. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free. Shrine of female listeners included. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We go to the phones to the fun. Talk to Gabriel in California. Gabriel, you're on Free Talk Live. And it says here you're working at one of our radio affiliates, though it doesn't say which one. Where are you at? Uh, I cannot disclose that information. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> hey, guys, you know, there's so many topics, um, I forgot what I want to talk about. Not really, though. I-, I wanted to ask you guys, I'm having this trouble with my driver's license. Um, I was in the Marines uh, about 12 years ago, mm. and um, I got a DUI when I was uh, young and spry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a DUI on base in North Carolina. That's interesting, okay, on base, um, huh? Yeah, those those MPs, man, they're they're worse than the cops, you know. Okay. But the deal was, I, I took my alcohol and my substance abuse courses and all that stuff. Okay. And the military was supposed to send the stuff to the Health and Humane Services in North Carolina, so I thought everything was taken care of. And now, 12 years later, after I've renewed my license several times since then, I think there's a new nationwide law where all the states and the DMVs are all linked together. Mm-hmm. So now that somebody came up from North Carolina saying that um, that you know they're holding a restriction on my driver's license and I can't get a license until I give them the information. The problem is the government um, files only went back to 2004 for that particular um, substance abuse courses. Oh God! So yeah, let me so see if I've got now, this straight. Hold on a second. I want to make sure I'm understanding you correct. Over tw- about 12 years ago, when you were in the military, you got a DUI, you went through, you jumped through all the hoops they wanted you to jump through, you went to That's the right. courses and everything, you had that proof, and now tw- they didn't put it into the system, they dropped the ball, as so many bureaucrats do, uh, you know, something fell through the cracks, and now here you go, 12 years later, attempting to renew your driver's license, something pops up saying, hey, he never completed his obligations out in North Carolina, right? Yeah, man, it's killing me, I mean... Um now I can't get that any of that paperwork. I called Quantico, Virginia, um, North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. Nobody has any information on this now, and so now wow. I have to go take a, a hundred dollar substance assessment course, or I got to go speak with the guy Friday. A mm-hmm. hundred bucks for that, and then he may recommend me to a, a different alcohol abuse course. There's two levels of those. One of them costs two fifty, and the other one's like four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> 
Then once that's done, I got to send it to um, North Carolina and then pay two hundred and sixty dollars for a DWI. Jeez. And then and, and you've the done DMV, all this already. Sixty dollars for a reinstatement of a license that I do not have in that state. So. And you've done all this, all the hoops already, and now they want you to do them all over again because they didn't keep uh, good enough records. Yeah, and and now I and now I got to pay all this money again, you know, which is this this thing. And I'm in radio, so you know I don't have the money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just killing me. I'm wondering. Are you able to drive me? right is now? It my fault. I'm sorry. Now you said you were, this was all because you wanted to renew your driver's license, correct? Yeah. See, I I haven't had a infraction in, in over in ten years. So I've been they've just been renewing it through the mail or you know online. So I've, my picture is, is quite old on there. You know, it was in '94 the last time I I got a license mm-hmm. um, with my actual picture. So now I, you know once you're in the military now I'm, I look like a hippie and stuff. And they wanted a new picture to update it. And uh, once that happened, I had to go in there. All of a sudden, something came up on the <laughs> screen. Have you ever been to North Carolina? God, yes, oh, I have. My. And, um, so are you able to drive right now? Well, yeah, because I, I tried to backdoor it over here. I went to one DMV several times by my house right there. Um, this is when this came up. I contacted Sacramento DMV here. They said there's nothing on my driver's license. This should be all good. So I went back. They said that again. So I went to a different one in San Bernardino. Um, just to give you an idea of where I'm at. Yeah. San Bernardino. And they gave me my license. Um, I went through, took my picture, and, and ran the hell out of there. Six weeks, I should be getting my license, and it's like six weeks now. So I called yesterday, and they said, well, there's a holdup with the picture, hmm. pending your, your picture. And I said, well, I took a picture. And they said, well, there's a problem with it. So I went back today, and that's how they got me back in there to tell me that, uh, <laughs> no, um, you got problems with North Carolina, and they're holding my license. So it's essentially, kind of you, get back in there and, you are driving, but are you okay. supposed to be driving? That's the point I'm missing. Yeah, 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 my bad. Um, I, I had a paper license from six weeks ago that expires on the 14th now. So I have like uh, two weeks to get this all, all resolved. So, okay, you've got to jump through all those hoops again within the next two weeks uh, in order to continue having a license. Basically. Yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> What a nightmare. I wonder if this is going on nationwide, uh, if all states are participating in this interlinking. Uh, supposedly if it is. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly it is, Mark. So, you know, if uh, you got Mark's any, over there. Uh, I'm Ian. But not a problem. Yeah. Oh, it happens sorry, all sorry, the time. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like it's just, it's up. awful. They, I mean, there's story after story of people that they just have their their money just extracted from them by a system that's it's just inherently broken. And when the bureaucrats drop the ball and they lose paperwork or they lose your application fee or whatever it is that they lose, they lose all kinds of things, it's your fault. You've yeah. got to be jumping through the hoops in order to make it right. They don't have to do anything to correct a problem. It do, they're going to get paid regardless of whether or not you come in and you and you uh, and you do what they demand. Is there a statute of limitations for this stuff? I mean, I don't know. Come on, That's yeah. a question for a lawyer. Sorry, we don't we don't know the answers. We can just commensurate, and yeah. I think that you're getting screwed. But yeah, all we can do is empathize with you, my friend. Uh, I would say if you really are interested in fighting it, uh, get in touch with a lawyer. Of course, then again, a lawyer is going to charge you two hundred dollars an hour, and the money's so, the issue with me, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's and the problem. The time and, and I've never not had a license. I was a driving instructor while I was in the military. So <laughs> how ironic. 
Yep. You're not going to get any points for that. And, and you know, they're not giving you any points for being in the military either. Aren't you glad you went and fought for freedom? And they're not giving you any points for uh, 10 years of a clean driving record either. Right. Just amazing. Except for Fidelis. Yeah. They could care less, less about everything you've done. They could care less about you and your situation. All they want is you to jump through their stupid hoops and follow their damn rules. And it's outrageous. And I'm glad you called. Thanks for making it. Yes, sir? This is leading me to drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Just don't use them when you're at the station. It's for after work. Uh, thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And uh, we figured out it's uh, KCAA in uh, San Bernardino, our affiliate out there. one 800 259 Yes, 800-259-9231. What else can you say to that? I mean, it's just awful. It's a shame. I, you know, the guy's had a clean driving record for 10 years, and now uh, I'm, I'm sure he had some indiscretion back when he was in the military. I, I just I wonder if every American that's driven over the .08 uh, limit did get a DUI, if, if the rules would be quite as strict as they currently are. It's, mm-hmm. the, reason is, the reason that they're, they're so strict is they don't catch very many people. The reason they don't catch very many people is many people drive just fine at .08. I'm not saying their reaction time's as good as it could be, right. but... I lived in uh, Sarasota, Florida, where everyone's great-grandparents live, and I can tell you that I'm a heck of a lot better driver than somebody who's in their mid-70s, as a rule. That's not fair. There's some good drivers up there. There are some good drivers in their mid-70s. It's just the majority of them aren't. <laughs> I'm better drunk than a lot of them are driving at, uh, you know, their Lincolns, uh, like bumper cars, down the middle of uh, Highway 41. You know, how rigid is this system anyway? It's just so uh, regimented. You either follow the rules to the T or you're disqualified. It's these these bureaucrats. They don't have any. Uh, th- there's no play. They can't work with anything here. If you come in and you say to them, "Look, uh, I don't have a lot of money. I've been clean. You know, I haven't drank in. I, this was 12 years ago. I've had a driver's license. I've been driving safely since then. Right. I was in the military. I was a driving instructor. Look, here's all the evidence. Here's the proof. Look, I'm I'm a safe driver. I haven't had an accident in in a in a decade. Look, can't you just wave this? No, we cannot wave it. You must get these forms filled out. You must pay these fines. You must report here by this time. By this time, if you are late, you will be penalized. You know, there is no there's no waiving of the penalty. They can't just say, oh, you know, these, uh, this system it's so outdated. Yeah, I can't believe it's even bringing this up. It's from 12 years ago. Look, no problem, buddy. Here's your renewal. Have a great day. Customer service is not a priority for these people. Adherence to their rules is the only priority. 800-259-9231. And people say, we couldn't have roads without the government. Oh, yeah? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop with us at store.freetalklive.com. Lots of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and uh, all kinds of different things, including uh, also the uh, Free Talk Live hoodies and more. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. That's store.freetalklive.com. And after that, visit our friends over at the Liberty Dollar because they could use your help. Sound Money is under attack. As you may be aware, their offices, the Liberty Dollar, were raided by the FBI and Secret Service 
on November 14th. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates. And then register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's LibertyDollar.org. I was reading an email from Bernard von Nuthaus, the uh, the monetary architect, the man behind the Liberty Dollar, and he was uh, suggesting, and this email came out yesterday, uh, he was suggesting he had talked to the FBI agent that was behind the raid, and it looks like they want him to come in and talk to the FBI. And he asked the uh, the guy, does that mean you want to arrest me? And he pretty much said yes. Mm-hmm. So it does look like at this point that the FBI is looking to arrest Bernard von Nothaus or have him turn himself in at a certain date. Uh, there are there are, the, the details on that have yet to be ironed out. The date has not been set. Again, we don't know much else beyond that he is indeed, uh, they, they are looking to arrest him at mm. this point. It's so, crazy. Uh, again, we'll keep you up to date on that situation as it develops. Um, whether we'll have Bernard on the show again before that happens or not, I, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we will keep you in the loop as best as possible. We go to the phones, to the fun. Bill in Oklahoma, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, actually, I, I kind of wanted to challenge Mark. Okay. You got the best of me the last time that I called in, and I thought I'd, <laughs> I, I I would go for round two. Excellent. Uh, what was round one? Like, Recap it, because I don't remember. The, we were discussing the ridiculous law passed in uh, St. Louis over the uh, the MySpace suicide. Oh yeah, the uh, the and no I, uh, you you can't harass. There's no online harassment allowed in Darden Prairie, Missouri, as I recall. Right. And my argument, basically, for those who who didn't tune in last time, was that uh, there was no need for another ridiculous law when there was already uh, uh, sufficient laws already on the books. That uh, apparently these uh, these crime fighters couldn't uh, dig up. Uh, the the analogy I used, of course, was uh, wire fraud. Right, Mark's, right, yeah. Mar- uh, Mark's uh, uh, point was that it couldn't be wire fraud because there was no tangible loss, whether it be in per- uh, property or money. So I stood over this for a good three or four days. It's good uh, to see you're using your time wisely. <laughs> yes, I, I was utilizing my time wisely, and I, I think I'd come up with an argument to defeat yours. Okay. Uh, now, of course, this goes in a totally different ship and direction. Uh, you being in, in marketing or in uh, ad sales, Mark, you probably are aware that uh, you can probably get a premium price for advertising, uh, marketing to people over the age of 18 versus marketing to people under the age of 18. It depends on what you're selling. If you're selling Pepsi, the people you want to go after is uh, 12 to 17. If you're selling cigarettes, you want to go after 12 to 17, but you don't want to tell anybody you're going <laughs> after 12 to 17. Uh, right. there's, there's certain things you can sell to those people. Um, you know, if I'm marketing iPods, I might par- t- take that market, uh, market a little bit. Um, certainly, I'd want to get the, uh, the 18 to 24, 18 to 34 age bracket, too. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my train of thought is this: It could, you could still use wire fraud if the family wanted to pursue it. They could contact Ru- Rupert Murdoch's offices over at News Corp, mm-hmm. have them do the research, and prove that there was a financial loss taken because this person irresponsibly uh, impersonated someone uh, underage, causing them great distress financially. The girl was 13. What sort of financial stress are you referring to? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the lady that impersonated the 15-year-old. 
So she would, she? In, in fact, they would have made more money advertising to a 40-something-year-old woman than they would have, adver- would have made advertising to a, um, a, a 16-year-old boy. Is that correct? That's, that would be the argument I'm using. Hold on. It would be an obscure one. You're saying that uh, the woman who was posing as a 16-year-old boy on MySpace, the adult woman, was, was um, defrauding uh, MySpace? Correct. There's no, uh, there's no, you don't have to tell them the truth when you sign up for a MySpace account. There's no requirement. You know, you aren't signing something that says, I hereby certify I am honestly telling you my true age. I mean, that would mean. In their terms of service, in their terms of service, you're disclosing that any information that you're providing is uh, the truth to the best of your knowledge. Well, in that case, Bill, you're going to open up a Pandora's box uh, because then you could theoretically charge everyone on Everybody. MySpace that's lied what? about their age. And there's a whole I, lot of people. A I whole lot. I understand that. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not trying to prosecute everybody who's done it. I'm just saying that in this particular instance, because they're wanting justice done, this is the route they could take. And it's, it's a, a, a viable option, uh, an avenue that it, they could seek. Because she did defraud the company. Well, I think it's an avenue they could seek. Um, I would d- dispute whether it's a viable one. It, it sounds rather obscure. I would agree yeah. with you that, in fact, a woman in her mid-40s is a more valuable, generally, ad prospect, um, certainly for different ty- for some types of products out there, than a, a boy who's 16, simply because they have a, a great deal of uh, you know income that they're spending out there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Beyond that, I just don't know how viable the case Did is. Did you actually take the time to go through MySpace's terms of service to verify that? Uh, somewhat. <laughs> I'm it, sure that's true. It's a very lengthy terms of service. It's a very lengthy one. I skimmed through it, uh, to be honest. You know, the Redux thing, you have to have had at least, uh, I'd say, 12 years of legal right. lease training to read the darn thing. Right. I wonder but, how many of MySpace's users have actually read and agreed to the terms of service, because I can tell you I didn't I when I joined. I the number of people who read the, the terms of service or the, the ULA for a Microsoft product, but that's you know, it's very, a very small number uh, indeed. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, it just it dawned on me that, you know, the argument, of course, that w- was posed to me was that there was no, there was no loss. Uh, no physical loss of, of, of property or money. Well, if you look at it in the, in the, in the, in the whole scheme of things, there was loss. No, um, I don't think you can say that, though, because that's like I saying I don't know if you that, can charge them criminally with wire fraud, but you might be able to uh, go after after them from a, after her from a civil standpoint. Well, I think you've done an interesting job of some you know legal wrangling here as far as coming up with something, uh, but I don't think that you can claim that that Fox Corporation or, excuse me, News Corp has, uh, has actually suffered any sort of loss. The loss you're talking about is the same sort of intangible feeling loss that you might have if somebody, say, uh, part to you know, uh, put a dry, you know, a washer and dryer out in their front yard right. and lower uh, their property value. A black value. guy walked down my street, so my property value has been devalued. He owes me money. I think uh, yeah. I think Ian just got you in round two. Thanks, Bill. Great try. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now there are certainly a lot of people that want to um, quantify those sorts of losses. They want to yeah. believe that they're yeah. really losses, but they aren't. They're only they only exist in your mind. You know, oh well, we can't sell the. Well, we thought she was sixteen, but she's really forty. So we could have made so much more money as a result of selling the the true demographics, but we lost out on that. Eh. Well, he's his mind's working and he's critically thinking, and that's all I want from our listener. That's all I'm asking people to do is think about these things. So I'd have to give him uh, kudos for that. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Though Three to four days, I don't know. Well, you know, maybe he had other things doing. We have podcast listeners who are behind a little bit. Speaking of MySpace, uh, there's all kinds of uh, young people on there taking off all manner of clothing. You can't uh, totally get naked on MySpace, but uh, certainly a number of young people have been, and Zoe Zane is one of those people. ABC News reporting, just a quick little story here. She's getting coverage, I think, for one reason. A uh, missing college student apparently has led a double life as an Internet porn star. Anybody can do it now. Kansas college student believed to be the victim of foul play led a double life as an Internet porn star by the name of Zoe Zane. Uh, the young woman apparently is a uh, Emily Sander is her real name, appears nude in photos posted on the Zoe Zane website, which is now down. Though if you uh, look look closely enough on the Internet search engines, you can probably still find some pictures. Uh, saying here that apparently, apparently she came out to her parents at Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, when classy. She, she told them that she had signed another contract for the pornographic work on the website, and her boyfriend allegedly broke up with her as a result of that because he apparently didn't approve. And uh, now this woman is missing. There's apparently a nationwide manhunt for their main suspect in this particular case. A tragic, you know, just a tragic story. But, of course, it's getting attention because the girl had a porn site. I mean, how many other missing girls are there out there right now in America that didn't have their own porn sites that aren't getting this level of, uh, of attention? That's what I'm curious about. Can only imagine. 1-800-259-9231. Not to mention missing males. I mean, certainly males they, go missing, too. They do too. come up missing. Uh, hour number three is on the way. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, on the way here, uh, we will talk to you about anything, including immigration. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. We're launching into hour number three. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free. So enjoy them on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. So to start things out this hour, I mentioned we might be discussing immigration. And uh, we will indeed. In fact... We're going to tell you a story about one of those evil, leprosidic, dog-eating, murderous, drug-dealing immigrants. Or at least that's what some of our callers would have you believe uh, that many of these people are. I, of course, on the other hand, believe that most of the so-called illegal immigrants that come to this country are just folks that are looking to make a better life for themselves and work hard and uh, hopefully achieve the American dream at some point in their lifetime. Uh, but let's go, let's go to the story, Mark. What happened? Uh, from the AP... In Phoenix, a, or reported from Phoenix, a nine-year-old boy looking for help after his mother crashed their van in the southern Arizona desert was rescued by a man entering the U.S. illegally, who stayed with him until help arrived the next day, an official said. The 45-year-old woman, who eventually died while awaiting help, had been driving on a U.S. Forest Service road in a remote area just north of the Mexican border where she lost control of her van on a curve on Thanksgiving. Hmm. Santa Cruz County uh, Sheriff Tony Estrada said the van vaulted into a canyon and landed 300 feet from the road. The woman from uh, Rimrock, north of uh, Phoenix, survived the impact but was penned inside. Her son, unhurt but disoriented, crawled out to get help and was found about two hours later by Jesus Miguel Cordoba, 
26th of uh, Magdalena de Quino in the uh, northern Mexican state of Sorona. Unable to pull the mother out, he comforted the boy while they waited for help. The woman died a short time later. He stayed with him. He told him that everything was going to be okay, Estrada said. In English? (laughs) One would assume. I don't know. As temperatures dropped, he gave him a jacket, built a bonfire, and stayed with him until about 8 a.m. Friday. This this happened on Thanksgiving, so that was Thursday. Okay. Hunters passed by and called authorities, Estrada said. The boy was flown from University Medical Center in Tucson as a uh, precaution, but appeared unhurt. We suspect that they, he flew 300 feet from the road and was unhurt. Isn't that amazing? Wow. <laughs> we suspect they communicated somehow, but we don't know if he knows Spanish or if the gentleman knew some English, Estrada said of the boy. For a nine-year-old, um, it has to be completely traumatic being out there alone with his mother dead. Estrada said, unfortunately for the kid, Cordoba, um, fortunately, excuse me, fortunately for the kid, Cordoba was there, that he was his angel. Uh, border crosser taken into cu- to what custody. What do we do to angels in America? <laughs> yep. Cordova was taken into custody by Border Patrol agents who were the first to respond to the call for help. The boy and his mother were in the area camping, Estrada said. The woman's husband, the boy's father, had died only two months ago. This boy's lost both parents within two months. Wow. The names of the woman and her son were not being released until relatives were notified. Cordoba uh, likely saved the boy, Estrada said, and his mm-hmm. actions should remind people not to quickly characterize illegal immigrants as criminals. They do not uh, demonize. Uh, they do get demonized for a lot of reasons, and they do a lot of good. Obviously, this is one example of what one individual can do. Absolutely. So uh, in exchange for being a good guy, uh, Mr. Cordoba was taken into custody and is likely to be summarily kicked out of the country. Right, I say he, that uh, these are the kind of people we want in this country, and this yes. guy should be absolutely... He should be uh, given a uh, lifelong green card as far as he... and, and yep. be put on the path to citizenship. But, you know, there's no way in the world that the immigration uh, services... No, can't bend ev- the rules. They don't even know how to bend the rules, unless you, uh, I'm sure, shove some money into the, the right person's pocket. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this is the problem, is... What it, what is going to happen um, if in the, in the next instance if this gets around amongst the illegal immigrant crowd and, and news does have a tendency to travel, especially if it's prescient to you? Yeah, don't well, help those gringos. Yeah, that's what that means. If you see a if you see a kid who uh, sees you crossing the border and uh, his mother's been killed in a car wreck, snap his neck so he can't report on you. Oh, just just move along. Just move along. I know. I'm just saying that what what would have right. helped him the most probably just, just ignoring the kid. Yeah, ignoring the kid would have been the best. Right. And, and that's not the right thing to do. This not the best. The it, would right be the, it would have been the most beneficial to him. I don't right. mean the best. Beneficial and what for we the should immigrant. do is our laws should be designed in order that the most beneficial thing um, for society is also, um, you know, the uh, most beneficial to the individual. And here, those have bisected ways. And that's not good for us. That's not good for America. That's not good for anything. I wonder how many of the uh, the anti-immigration zealots out there were cheering this on. You know, that, that hurt I'm sure they shake story. their heads and say, well, he didn't follow the rules. Yep. I'm sure, you know, I, I don't think that they're, they're, they're happy about it, but they're probably just, you know, huh, well, you know, That's we, what you we've get. got these laws for a reason. Well, it's a he, good thing he, he was there, but he got what he deserved. If he hadn't have been breaking the law, that little boy would have been dead. That's what that's what in uh, you know somebody who's all fired excited about these laws that we have and keeping people that want to work hard for their uh, money out of this country would get one dead little boy in Arizona. So sad. So the the gentleman was dis, uh, deported. 
Is that what happened? I, I, that, at this point, he's it was Thanksgiving. He's in custody. They, they haven't they haven't had the opportunity to deport him. But I, I I don't see any any other likelihood unless the president steps in on his behalf. What a sad story. It really is. And it I, could have been a win for everybody, but no, it had to. I mean, obviously the kid's mother's dead. But considering yeah. the situation, it could have been a win for the kid. It could have been a win for the immigrant. Uh, but no, and a win for America. Yep. This th- it would have been a win for America for uh, for this gentleman, Mr. Jesus Miguel Cordoba, uh, twenty six. To be in this country. This right. is the kind of guy we want. Somehow the anti-immigration zealots are trying to get us to believe we don't want this person Babies here. Babies in bathwater, my friends. Babies in bathwater. You do not want to throw them both out at the same time. And, you know, I'm not saying that we should just... Uh, what I'm saying is we should get rid of welfare and we should get rid of the uh, the programs that cause the, the deadbeats to want to come to this country. Mm-hmm. People that want to come in here and have a kid so that the that handouts. kid will be yeah, yeah. Taken, for, um, taken care of uh, w- without having to work. We we need to get rid of those programs so that those people don't want to come here and will not come here. They can you know stay in their own country and get handouts. They don't need to come here and get our bigger handouts. But get rid of those programs. We and absolutely then. do need uh, people like this. People that want to work hard, good people to mm-hmm. come into this country. Sure, some illegal immigrants break the um, you know break laws, and I don't mean just the immigration laws. I mean all kinds of laws. Sure, most of those laws are probably drug laws, trying to sell uh, drugs in order to make a little more money for their family. Right. And I don't think we should have drug laws either. As far as I'm concerned, uh, adults can deal in uh, whatever they want to. Uh, you know, buy and sell amongst themselves, and it's uh, ludicrous to try to stop them. And it only costs us billions and billions of dollars a year to incarcerate Absolutely. them. Abolish welfare, and then abolish the immigration bureaucracies, because we don't need this nonsense. We don't need these stupid quotas and all the paperwork and the bureaucracy and the fees and the, just the nonsense. It's this is that's not America. That's not what this country was supposed to be about. It was supposed to be. Look, if you can make it here. You will have the freedom to make a better life for yourself, not on the backs of anybody else, but on your own efforts and on your own volition. That's what America was supposed to be about. What do you think? 800-259-9231. We've got a hater, an immigration hater who has emailed in. We'll uh, share that email with you in a few moments. We go to the phones first. Talk to Bob in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Bob. Hey. uh, Yeah, I work for uh, AT&T, and I was wanting to talk a little bit about... uh, Uh, something that Alex spoke about last night about the dumbing down of the general population uh, for the current education system. And I was going to say that uh, um, I work for a large telecommunications corporation, and uh, that's exactly what they're doing right now. They're, How's that? They're not putting any money into training, and I think it's a direct result of the guy in uh, California in San Francisco that was a whistleblower for the uh, warrantless wiretaps. I don't think I follow what you're pointing out here. You're saying the company's not training your own its own people? No, no, they're not training. Uh, uh, they've cut all the budgets for training. Uh, I think so. I mean, this is this is kind of what I, I, I'm getting at is the uh, um, the technician, the highly trained technician they had in San Francisco, um, was able to figure out that they were running uh, optical taps to a room. For the NSA. Yes, we uh, we are aware that the AT and T is running a uh, a tap, and they do have a special NSA room. That much is true. But what does that all have to do with the fact that they aren't allegedly training their own employees anymore? Well, the, they don't want anybody smart enough 
to be able to, to catch be that. able to figure that stuff out anymore. Hmm. Well, that might be their They're own loss then, because if and... you know if the other companies continue to train their employees and offer those uh, services, then they might uh, end up losing some of their best employees to the competition, and maybe they'll go under as a result. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Don't train your employees at your own peril, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you go and shop at a store, for instance, where they haven't trained their employees on how to do things, you're not going to want to go back. 800-259-9231. You don't want to train your employees on how to fix the problems? Then what are you going to do when things break? More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Visit the bulletin board system and get interactive with over 300,000 posts. Nearly 2,000 people are interacting there, talking about all kinds of things, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course, bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. All right, so we jump into the email box here from Tom, who is apparently 16 years old. Ah. Has a thing or two to say about the whole immigration thing. Subject, why we need enforcement. Dear Free Talk Live hosts, we need border enforcement for many reasons. Okay. The most important being the idea of letting anyone from anywhere come freely into the country is just ludicrous. An open border means anyone can come and go as they please. If you don't think terrorists would take advantage of such a policy... You are very sadly mistaken. Okay, um, I have a few rebuts for that. First off, there are 20 million, by some accounts, 30 million illegal immigrants in the United States. So what are we doing actually to stop um, you know, people just coming into this country that want to come in? That's what if, he's saying. We need more enforcement, Mark. Okay, well, There's I'm, no enforcement. I'm just making it clear that um, the, the terrorists that uh, flew planes into buildings on 9-11 were here legally. They had all their papers from the government. Now... Um, what I right, would we say, need to close down borders completely and not even allow people to come here legally. I would say he's correct if what we intend to do is build a hegemonic empire that spans the globe. Now, you know, I'll admit to you that it's not quite the empire in the way that uh, you know Britain had one or in the way that Rome had one, um, but we do have an empire, a new sort of new millennium type of empire mm-hmm. where we control the governments and we keep the governments that we like in power across the world and we don't and and you know therefore people can't have revolutions that are successful if we stop supporting all these nations around the world then we wouldn't have to worry about terrorists coming into this country and wanting to hurt us because the terrorists that are trying to hurt us from the islamic countries are mad that we're supporting their despotic leaders most of the terrorists on 9-11 were saudi arabian There's a king in Saudi Arabia. What kind of business does a free democracy, supposedly, that we are, the the republic that we are, what, what business do we have supporting a king? A king that could have your head chopped off at, at his whim. Mm. I'll tell you who the terrorists are, is the nation that goes and supports despotic leaders. Now, I'm not saying the United States is a group of terrorists, but... I would say that uh, somebody who sends armed goons in to protect a despotic leader could be classified in that arena. Now, the United States people 
good, good folks. The people that are the the politicians that have put together this uh, foreign policy that <laughs> we have. Not so much. Not so much. Power hungry people that that this gentleman supporting and well, i can't understand why i find it amazing that i mean just his choice of words here i mean he says the uh, he says the idea of letting anyone come freely into the country is ludicrous sir you're calling freedom ludicrous you're calling the original concept of this country as a uh, an open place for people a destination for people around the world in search of liberty in search of you know somewhere to go to get out from under the thumb of some dictator or despot or tyrannical regime that was what america used to be it used to be the you know that golden light calling to the rest of the world come here you know if you can just make it to these shores what you're babbling about is ludicrous my friend apparently it is so let me continue what tom says here he says Having an open border is one of the greatest security threats I can think of. I would agree that it is a huge security threat. No, if, it's not. It, it, it is a big security threat if you want to build this hegemonic right. empire. Well, it's the empire that's the security threat. It's going around the world, invading other countries, and killing people's friends and family members. That's the security threat. That's what the threat is. It's the U.S. government and their actions that are threatening our security. And he goes on, he says, America is the greatest country on the planet and the history of the world. Well, now, if, if by great, do you mean big? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it is I, a big country. I, I would say that we have the, the best framework for freedom, but that we shouldn't, away. Be, we shouldn't be tearing that down. And you certainly shouldn't be sitting on the sidelines cheering the tearing down of the framework of freedom and liberty that we have in this country. Don't you think that other people also think their countries are the best countries I in the I always world? wonder about that. I mean, <laughs> do the, don't the people in Honduras, uh, you know, like their country? Oh, well, you know, they're just Hondureños. What do they know? There are millions, say Tom, if not billions of people that want to live here. But sorry, we can't take them all in. It's impossible. We can't shelter the whole world. Sorry. Oh, well, Tom, well, I'm sure would, you know everything. Shelter? Hold on. I don't propose for a second we shelter anyone in the world, Tom. All I propose is that we allow people to have freedom and liberty. Yeah, but he doesn't believe that, aside from the term shelter, he doesn't believe that the country can handle an influx of several million or, you know, even a billion more he, people. He obviously has never taken a road trip across the United States because there is a <laughs> whole, whole bunch of land in the United States. You can go, there's places in the United States you can go where you can push the seek button on your radio and nothing. find nothing. Yep. Hey, as a matter of fact, come up to uh, northern New Hampshire. There's plenty there. The, 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 the people in the town of Berlin, which has been shrinking in size mm-hmm. for the last hundred years, they'd love to have you. They'd love to sell you a house or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. Um, he obviously doesn't know uh, how wide open this country is. The fact is, I think it's like 96 or 97 percent of the land mass in America is completely unurbanized. There's nothing out there, which means there's plenty of room for people to move in and make a better life for themselves. And you know what? Even if there were to be so many people that were to come here that would you know, take up all of the space, 100% of the space were to become urbanized, which, of course, is completely absurd because there are plenty of people that uh, that love having lush forest land and that sort of thing, and they would never sell those properties because it's important to them. But but even if a whole bunch of people came here and filled up space, you can always build up, Tom. And so you don't know much about building when, in the marketplace and expansion according to consumer demand either, Tom. Right. When we, I can see why some people in some countries would dislike the United States right now. I mean, I can see that uh, mm-hmm. you know them supporting their despotic leaders and that kind of thing. But if we were a beacon of freedom and liberty throughout the globe, I think a lot of people would say, hey, things are going really well over there in the United States. 
Let's do that You're here. Right. You're right. Not That's another only, good factor. Yeah, there would be countries competing to see who could be the freest. Well, because they'd be losing their people. Because, um, essentially, people would start coming to America because it is a better place, and those other countries would say, whoa, we're losing our tax base here. We better make this more free in order to encourage more of our people to uh, to stay here. And uh, and that that is something that could happen and will happen again as soon as one country, whether it be America or wherever it ends up being uh becomes the most free uh free place in america uh, free free place in the world it will be that beacon of liberty to the rest of the world to point out that liberty does work and that's what we want to do here in new hampshire is is prove to people that yes these ideas of freedom are effective they do make us more prosperous and more wealthy and everyone will want to be like us once we get to that point but we have to get there first uh 800-25. we were well on our way at we one were. point but you know it it just seems like government of its own volition grows Yep. And that's a problem. And th- what it's going to take for more security on the border is simply going to be the growth of more government. And what you're going to have as a result is more cost, more corruption, oh boy. And, and people are just going to be you know, paying off the border guards. Yeah, it won't like stop they're the currently people. paying off the border yeah. guards. It won't stop people from coming across. No matter how many fences you build or how many guards you put down on the border, you'll never stop it. Just like you can't stop drugs from coming in here. 800-259-9231. But Tom's not done. That was just the first paragraph. More on the way here with uh, his thoughts and yours as well, if you want to comment. 800-259-9231. This is your show, and as always, you can bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickles CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those. Uh, We're actually in the midst of an email here about immigration. And our emailer is, well, pretty upset. He thinks that uh, the, gov- the government is not doing enough to enforce the immigration laws. We need more enforcement, he says. Well, you know, it makes perfectly good sense. If something illegal is happening, it makes it makes sense to enforce these things until you start looking at history, until you start looking um, at, you know, what's going on in the world. You'll realize that prohibition simply doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you're prohibiting drugs or you're prohibiting people. In this case, you're prohibiting people. Or gambling or prostitution or any of those things. All it ends up doing is costing us, the taxpayers, a hell of a lot more and, you know, putting good people in jail. To be fair, though, if there is a lot of enforcement, if, if if they really do crank it up like they're talking about doing... After enough time has passed and there have been enough crackdowns on freedom, enough raids of businesses, enough raids of To the point where America homes. is just a crappy place to live in right. general. And to the point where we're a total The more regulations state. we get, the worse it is to live here. Uh, sorry. Right. Uh, again, as, uh, as society continues to decline as a result of these uh, enforcement regulations on immigration, it's true that less people will want to come here. In fact, people will want to start leaving, but then by that time we'll already have a border wall up, and it'll make it pretty difficult for you to leave this country if you actually want to get out at that point. Because remember, that wall works both ways. Article just came out that apparently, according to a um, a poll by, oh shoot, I can't remember which one it was, uh, Zogby. Okay. A, a poll by Zogby, 1.6 million Americans are uh, seriously planning on leaving in the United States within the next year. I heard about that. 
That's interesting. So, you know, that's that going to do for the economy. Uh, Tom, uh, again, will continue his email. He says, this may sound harsh, but we have to do what's best to, preser- uh, to preserve our own country. Something not on that list is allowing a flood of uneducated and non-English speaking foreign nationals with a blatant disregard for our laws into the country unhindered. That's right. Keep the Irish off the grass. <laughs> that, you know, Tom, this isn't anything new. The, the sort of xenophobia that's being spouted here isn't anything new. They've been doing this country for a long time, and every group of immigrants along the way has been uh, treated the same. Now we have harsher restrictions on immigration, that's for sure, so we can call more of them illegal, but it's really just a title that we've managed to give them. Uh, he then says, now of course I'll be called racist and close-minded for that remark. Uh, I said xenophobic. But what? How about ethnocentric? But <laughs> what did they do with the act of entering our country? They willingly and knowingly broke our laws. Right. Law and order is the most important thing we have in this country. Well, you know what, Tom? You, you should take it as a compliment that these people want to come here so badly. They think America is so great that they want to come here so badly that they're willing to break the laws in and order to get here. And it is that much better than their countries. Absolutely true. Because let me tell you, um, I could give a flip about your stupid laws. Right. Me personally, and I'm an American. I'm, I was born and raised here, and, you know, they told me all about the nation of laws and blah, 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 and you got to obey the law when you grow up. But you know what? Smoked marijuana when I was 16 years old, smoked it several more times since then, so I don't know. I've probably broken several laws. Let's see. Uh, you got to get the marijuana from one point to another, so I've certainly driven with marijuana in my vehicle, and uh, there's a chance it was more than down in Florida. I think it's 21 grams for a felony. Pretty sure I've had an ounce of marijuana on me before in the car so that'd be a felony right there at least one i'm sure i've committed more than uh more than that speeding i've certainly sped plenty of times in my life what else um hmm. well the point that you're making which is is prescient that um you know tom he's he's missing here is that if one law that is you know you're, you're making this immigrant law so important tom if that law is so important then all of them are so important and the one that you've broken it's just as important. Maybe they should oh, kick he doesn't you. Break laws. Right. Oh, yes. If he's 16 years old, he's broken some speeding laws at this point, hmm. likely. Um, and if so, let's just go ahead and kick you out of the country for it yeah. too. Then. I mean, yeah. if these laws are so important. Now, I don't propose this. I believe in a land of freedom where we don't have that many laws. The laws that we do have, we enforce like the Dickens. Right. Let's be clear. But I those have not... laws would be laws that hurt people. Right. And somebody I... who's coming here to work doesn't hurt anyone. Exactly. I have not harmed anyone in my life, ever. I've not defrauded anybody, and, I, and I've not hurt anybody. And so, therefore, I've never really broken any real and true laws in that I've never, never brought harm to another person or their property. Yes, I've broken the man laws, I've broken the government laws, and so have these people. But they haven't harmed anyone either. They've just come here to make a better life for themselves. So? So he continues. He says, uh, they've shown little regard for it. As a stable co- and a stable country as large as ours can't possibly function with more than one language. If you come here, you need to learn English. Communication is crucial in any democracy. <laughs> okay, um... I, uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what we're talking. First off, it's nonsense. Not, not a democracy. Secondly, um, it's not your problem if somebody can't speak English, Tom. If they can't speak English, that's not your problem. Now, I would agree <laughs> can't with function without I, one, without uh, with more than one language. Yeah, go to Miami. Um, yeah, do, go to <laughs> Hong Kong. <laughs> right. Do you remember the article? Mark, well, he that, said a nation this large, and he's uh, you know pointed out that that's not possible. Of course, there are people that don't speak English in Canada. They speak French. Yeah, that's and a pretty that's big That's a larger country, country uh, you know, landmass-wise. Right. It's a tenth of the population. Huh. 
Funny how that is. But, that's... but wait, now hold on. But on the point of language, I mean, he did use the qualifier of a nation that large. But what about, I mean, even so, even if it's a small country, if there are several people with several different languages there, wouldn't you think Tom would be all confused about how that could possibly work? Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I disagree with his point, but I... You know, I, in, in I don't Hong know Kong? what languages they speak in Russia. I can't tell you. I'm not I can uh, tell you this. a scholar on Russia. In Hong Kong, if you want to be a waitress, you have to know several languages. Yes. And but knowing languages it. is good, <laughs> not bad. Um, well, yeah. it's, it's bad if you want to be a lazy bum and uh, just go through life only knowing one language and never have to be challenged to learn anything new. Then it's bad. I don't know what you think. I'm going to learn some new language, some funky. What? Now, I'm not going to learn I that. would agree that there is no reason at all that our government, uh, that, that I should have to pay as a taxpayer, I should have to pay extra money in order to uh, you know, put out all the bevy of government forms out in every language that uh, somebody who might immigrate to the United States might read. I would agree that as a taxpayer, I'm not, I shouldn't be obligated to do that. I just don't think our government should be putting out all the forms that it should be putting yeah, out anyway. I don't anyway. think government should have forms. I don't think government should be here. Anyway, let's well, continue. You don't, but I think that you know, what it should be... You you should, at the very least, have to pay for um, a, a translator to translate these things yourself. Tom says, uh, if I'm not going to go as far as saying illegal immigrants are bad or evil people, they just want a better life. Well, Good. I'm glad you understand that. Uh, he says, that's just what I want for my country and my family. Oh, Tom, it's not your country. It's all of our country, and we each get a decision. So what I want is a free and open border for my country and my family. Well, this is the problem now, with commonly held property. Right, and, and that's the problem with democracy as, as a whole, is none, nobody gets what they want. And the idea was, and he mentioned the word democracy mm-hmm. in his email, that's the reason I've used it. Um, we aren't a democracy, we're a representative republic. And the idea is, is that we have freedoms, freedoms that aren't designated for citizens, Freedoms that were endowed by our um, creator. That's everybody. That's everyone. He says, uh, this country was founded on immigration. My ancestors emigrated here, but there's a difference. Yes, of course they there is. They had the decency to do it the right way, uh, the right. legal way, and but, to learn our language and our customs. You know what? There's, I don't know where the presumption comes in. I don't know how people um, get this way. It must be the government education system right. that legal is right, that because it's the law, it's therefore right. And was it right to throw the Jews in the ovens in Nazi Germany? No. Because it was legal. It was certainly legal. Was it, um, was it right to take all the land from the Indians and uh, lie to them in their treaties and uh, slaughter them by the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands? Well, it was legal. It's, the law isn't right. The law is the law. And, sometime, and good people disobey bad laws every single time. That's the way that is. Now, I have an obligation and to disobey the fact that law. When, Tom, when your ancestors came over, the, way, the, the, the arduous task of becoming an immigrant wasn't what it is today. It was a heck of a lot easier to become um, an immigrant into the United States at that point. So now we've made it harder, and then we fuss about them breaking the law. Well, that's, that's what happens when you make it that much harder. When you restrict things, then a black market springs up around it. 800-259-9231. If you've got comments on uh, Tom ideas here. You're welcome to chime in or bring up whatever you want. We'll try to sneak in here. 800-259-9231. But as you might imagine, Tom ain't done quite yet. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Anything goes. Your show. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go features for free. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in Free Talk Live getting a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Mark, we got to finish this email. Got to keep our comments short because calls are on the line. Okay. So uh, we'll go through here. Tom is upset. He uh, says we need more enforcement. We need people to obey the immigration laws, whereas we say the immigration laws suck, it's welfare that's the problem, let's abolish welfare, and then just let people come here and make a better life for themselves. He says, on another note, whether or not you want to admit it, we're in the most decisive ideological struggle of our history with the terrorists, or Islamofascists, as I call them. <laughs> you can shout at your anti-government cliches of police state and new world order all you want. We don't I, I care don't about think the, we've ever said anything no, about the new world order. No, we're not uh, subscribing to that. But, uh, but a police state, I think we're definitely getting there. Uh, he says all you want, but that doesn't change the fact that we need to win this war on terror at any and all costs. Well, Why? The, Tom, the, the, other, the only way to win this war on terror, because um, currently what we're doing is we're fighting wars over in the Middle East, and therefore we're making as many terrorists as quickly as we're killing them off. Oh, sure, because, not more so. You know, uh, you, you can't fight wars without collateral damage, and those people who are collaterally damaged are likely to uh, think that we're bad as a result, and as a result, they are likely to pick up arms and come after us. Yep. Um, so the only thing, the only other option, Tom, is to is freedom and liberty. You know, coming back, bringing back the uh, troops from the 131 nations around the world and the 700 military bases um, amongst those nations. Bring them back. Put them inside the uh, borders and uh, let them defend the country as opposed to offensive uh, maneuvers. Or nuke them till it's nothing but glass. No, that's not enough. I'm not saying I, – I'm saying that those are, the two, those are the two options. Anything in between is just, you know, just, just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. It says, why are you so afraid of the government by and for the, pe- by the people for the people? I'll go right out and say, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of any government. I don't care who's in charge. If it's the people I or I haven't seen dictator. a lot of evidence that the, the, the people are the ones that I want to lead me. Have you ever watched Britney Spears television? I don't want to be led. Right. That's the, um, you know, government by the people and all that good stuff. That's just democracy claptrap. And democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding on what's for dinner. Well, he has maybe decided. you're the wolf one day, maybe you're the sheep the next. Well, here's what Tom has decided. He says, I'll go right out and say it. Yes, we need national ID cards. Yes, we need official surveillance. Yes, we need enhanced interrogations. I don't have anything to hide, and if those methods save one innocent American life, it was worth the minor freedoms I gave up. Well, what if they ended one innocent American life? What if one American, innocent American, was their life was ended? Oh, I can count 5,000 at the very least, uh, 5,000 of them that have ended over in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. Not to mention the 25,000, 50,000 have been injured. Th- those are uh, military people, and they, they, they volunteered for that army. So I, I would disagree uh, with your uh, characterization there. But uh, if they didn't, go, they didn't volunteer to die in an initiated conflict. If you can save one American, um, but you end the lives of you know the lives of I don't know how many. I mean, you know, cl- and clamping down on liberty and freedom in and of itself is uh, is not a good thing. Remember, live free or die. Death is not the worst thing that can happen well, to you. here's a bit of irony. He then follows that paragraph up with, uh, quote, The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Mm-hmm. That quote you have to take in context, right. Tom. It's the price of liberty, Tom, not the price of, uh, of tyranny. Well, the eternal vigilance is supposed to be against government and its yes. oppression. The, ones that you're, the oppressions you're talking about embracing. 
And then he continues, I believe in a small government, but against the terrorists, we need the government to defend and protect our freedoms and, most importantly, our lives and families. The difference between me and you is that I don't believe that small government means no government and that freedom means anarchy. I I believe believe in standards, the rule of law, and morality. A society is only as free as it is moral. Yeah, well, you know, Tom thinks that you can give your your inefficient government bureaucrats that, that, that are so poor at doing their jobs, you can give them M16s and suddenly they can do their job so well. Well, that's not so. They're still just the post office in fatigue. Right, and, and the suggestion that government is defending and protecting freedoms, in the earlier paragraph, he was saying, please, government, take my freedoms from me. Right. I mean, Tom, you're already admitting that you know the government is taking freedoms away, so it's clear that they're not doing a damn thing to defend anything in regards to freedom. They certainly haven't protected that. National sovereignty. We have calls, you said. One more paragraph. Okay. He says, now that all said and out of the way, I can't, I can't say how nice it is to hear a libertarian radio program. I'm Republican. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, but I always believe in letting people speak their mind as long as it's not blatant anti-American hatred. And I have to agree with some of your views on the free market. I've always said that libertarians are just Republicans minus the morals. And no, you know I'm what not... Democrats say that we're <laughs> that we're Democrats minus the uh, you know the 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 financial nonsense, the uh, the, the the capitalism. He says, and no, I'm not brainwashed. I'm just well-informed. I don't think you're brainwashed, just misinformed. So thanks for taking my email, Thank you, Tom. and I'll let you commence your character assassination of me. I bang, think we did a fine job of that, Tom. Bang, bang, one in the heart, one in the head. Hey, you know, he's young yet. He's only 16. He's, I'm sure, got a lot to learn. I know I've learned a lot in the last decade of my life, so... When I was 16, I was a tried-and-true pinko communist. Yeah, so. Keep an open mind. When I was your age, Tom, I probably thought the way that you did, okay? And then I smoked my first uh, marijuana cigarette. 800 like, You act like that was what Jesus came down with. 9231. It, sh- it certainly helped. I can tell you that. Let's go to the phones and talk to Victor in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Victor. Hello, Victor. Victor Hello. in Wisconsin. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I was talking to you guys the other day. And, yes, sir. Uh, you were like, oh, uh, you know, don't be afraid. Vic's afraid. This, that, and the other. And then you guys uh, said, so what if you end up in jail? This, that, and the other. Afraid right? for afraid about what? I don't recall what yeah, the sorry, conversation was. Conversation. Huh? What, I don't what were you were you suggesting you were afraid of? I don't recall, and I'm sure our listeners don't either. Just like the the big hierarchy that is, you know, our government that's above and beyond our government, right? Oh yeah, so it was a it was a conspiracy call. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you were like, oh well, you know, so what if you get put in jail? Well, that doesn't sound like something I would say. I, it, I think that it was the idea was that uh, Vic was sort of saying that there was no way to uh, to outmaneuver the NWO, and that in fact the Bilderbergers um, controlled all the power in the world. And at that point, I think what we said is life would probably be ju- life's just as bad in jail if the if if you can't succeed anyway. Is that kind of what the point was? Um, I don't know. You were like, oh well, so what? They'll put us in jail. Well, if they put us in jail, then. You know, you just kind of like rot away there for five years, which is like the law right now. Um, What's the point of your call? Because I don't remember saying the things that you're suggesting I said, sir. Okay. Well, what's, what's the point of your call? Because I don't want anybody to be put in jail. Unless they've hurt okay. somebody. Well, anyway, I was just wondering. You guys are on the Jeff Renzi show, and I'm just what wondering. What the guys hell are you talking about? Right you know, I don't even think you've called the correct show, sir. I don't think you're talking to the same people. Who the hell is Jeff Renzi? Oh, you don't know who Jeff Renzi is? No. 
I've heard well, of Jeff Rents. He's a crackpot conspiracy theorist. Jeff Rents is a crackpot conspiracy theorist that uh, is on the same network as we are. Is that who you're referring to? Because we're not on his show. This is Free Talk Live. Completely different. No, I hit, I hit listen free, and then I end up with you and everybody else, Alex Jones. I see. So you've clicked through a link on somebody else's website that's taken you to the network stream, and you thought you were listening to a different show. Sorry about that, bud. You're on a show that doesn't have a damn thing to do with your crackpots conspiracy <laughs> theories. Thanks for the call. You can tune into that nut job. Uh, he's coming up after us. You're on the so stream. mean. Let's continue. Uh, let's talk to Elias in Michigan. Have you seen that guy's hair? No, All yeah. you need to do is look at his hair, and I then you'll know. It's I don't crazy. know any of that. Elias, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm on. Okay. Uh, the thing about it is Pat Buchanan. I heard him being interviewed by Michael Medved today. Hmm. I love he Medved. That he was talking about, in general, the, the people who are coming over the border. He said that within 20 years, unless something is done, there will be... 100 million of them coming over the borders, and they're not all from Mexico. They're coming through Mexico and from so? other countries. He said that, that in 20 to 25 years, if they don't do something about it, this country is going to grow by one-third. Great. More uh, people. You know, That's I have a prediction, too. My, my words is good. Hold on. Before you go on, my, my words is good as Patrick Buchanan's because he's just some guy out there, right? I mean, I don't know what Patrick Buchanan... I don't know what Patrick Buchanan's uh, name means. Would you let me finish, for God's sake? No, he's out of time anyway. Thanks for the call. You know, Patrick Buchanan's just some guy saying something. And I say within 20 or 25 years, if we don't reverse the course we're on, we'll be living in a police state. There you go. So there's a statement, too. Mm. And I think you're accurate on that one, Mark. And, you know, what different... <laughs> if we were having too many babies, would we outlaw babies? Is that what we would do? <laughs> hey, didn't they try that in China? Yeah, they did. Are there some strange parallels? Didn't someone send you a message about China a moment ago? Well, you know, they were... Uh, ju- it was just a brief thing about uh, the, the language uh, comparison between uh, the United States and China. That, in fact, uh, Chinese had uh, different languages until they uh, passed some go- kind of government mandate. Uh, they forced people right. in China to speak the same Red language. China. Mm-hmm. So that's what those same people are... Uh, th- these immigration zealots, anti-immigrant zealots, are proposing for America. Yeah, that the everybody same sort of, be the forced. Same, the same sort of authoritarian clap that Mao Zedong did. Yeah. Huh. You know, they've got a wall in China, too, and they want that here in America. That's a- amazing similarities. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. You fascists. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 